0: Welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host Aaron Varola.
1: May the Force be with you, always. Yes! Finally, we get to do this frickin' episode. I've been waiting a long, long time. Not only because we finally get to talk Star Wars, like a full episode of Star Wars, but we get to bring on our good buddy, Rick Shue of Batman on Film. Rick, what's going on, buddy?
2: Hey now, what's up, guys? Hey, man.
1: Good man, it's been it's been a little bit since you've been on the show, and um, I you know we're certainly excited to have you on, but
2: more excited because we have you on to talk about Star Wars. Well, I'm excited to be on, and I really do think you guys have something very special going on here. I wouldn't waste my time otherwise. Not to say my (laughs) my, not to say my time is precious because I'm a freaking hack, but I could at least just be you know staring at uh, the wall and daydreaming. drinking whatever right you guys you guys are the real deal and it's uh it's it's an honor to be here thanks man and yes star wars yeah man Well, well thank you for the compliments
1: um yeah so this week uh well yeah this week this past week um was star wars celebration out in chicago and i know everyone was very very eager to see what was coming out of that show and we not only got hit with our very first episode nine trailer, but there was also some images and things and uh, news bits that were released regarding the Mandalorian, which will be on Disney plus as well as some, some footage about um, what is it? The Jedi order um, video game thing. I've totally been blanking on the name of the, the game, but that, that thing looked awesome too. So just lots of really cool stuff, but let's jump right into the episode nine trailer, which we affectionately, which affectionately has been called rise of skywalker so um let's just do a quick round robin and talk about our thoughts and reactions and overall impressions of the trailer so rick you're the guest laid on us what'd you think
2: well first and foremost has there ever been a bad star wars trailer and i mean that sincerely like yeah. i can't think of one um that you know i I think back on the the phantom menace stuff and it was just awesome and then i saw the movie and i hated it now this is (laughs) nice this is 1999 i actually grew to grew to appreciate it and i actually like the phantom menace now but i did not like it in 1999 i was i was pretty furious i remember going i'll never trust a trailer again um but maybe i should have because i ended up liking it 15 20 years later but but regardless uh there's but you know Lucasfilm knows how to cut a trailer together yeah. and J.J. Abrams certainly knows how to cut a trailer together but what I love about this particular trailer is that I feel like it hits all the right notes right it's nostalgic enough but it's it's new and fresh enough mm-hmm. and it's also letting us know that um, you know the, sometimes there's this negative, negative connotation with the word fan service and I hear Kristen Harloff on Collider Jedi Council talk about this quite a bit and um, I actually like that show and I agree with him on, on this point quite a bit is that fan service doesn't have to be a bad thing. and, and, mm-hmm. and it certainly uh, it certainly isn't going to be a bad thing when if JJ does a little fan service. And I think there's a I think it's letting us know there's gonna be a little bit of that in this film, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Um, I, I personally love the new trilogy. I love the last Jedi. I'm excited to see where this is going. Jedi took us down. I don't mean like online fan reaction. I mean, it's kind of a downer film in, and yeah. in, in a lot of ways that Empire was. And this one's going to soar back up and um, but there's a lot of lot of weight on JJ, man, to 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 land this this plane. This is this is, you know, Lucas, George Lucas himself promoted the Revenge of the Sith as sort of the last Star Wars film um, in the Skywalker saga or the last Star Wars film, period. But this is the last Skywalker centric film. This is the the final episode of the nine part story. Right. And I and I'm excited to see where this is going, man. You know, I, mm. I I I love the trailer. I think it I think it hit all the right notes and we'll talk about specific scenes. But that's just my kind of gut reaction.
1: All right. Cool. Chris.
0: Yeah. So back I from
2: Costa Rica back from
0: Costa. I watched this trailer in the airport in Costa Rica uh, mm-hmm. and I was just losing my mind. Uh, you know, I agree with Rick. I, I actually thought the same thing. Uh, I was thinking it as you were saying it, I was like, I don't think there's ever been a Star Wars trailer that I didn't love. There is very, There are very few things in the world that get me as excited about a Star Wars trailer. And the funny thing is, anyone who's listened to this show over the past few weeks knows how excited I was for the Avengers Endgame trailer. Yeah. yeah. And even the Joker trailer. I thought they were perfect trailers, but the minute that this trailer had ended, I was already like... I had forgotten about Endgame. I was already ready for December, and like my mind immediately yeah. went there. Like, that's how excited I got for this. And the title, I'm not gonna lie, like when I first saw it, it, it read weird to me, like The Rise of Skywalker. I was like, really? That's the title of the movie? All right. Mm-hmm. But um, that's grown on me a little bit. And, you know, despite the fact that Rick and I have complete opposite opinions on The Phantom Menace, uh, I actually left the theater after The Phantom Menace as excited as you could possibly be. And then as I watched it more and more, I liked it less and less. But but this trailer I thought was perfect. Another perfect trailer. I mean, it, it did hit all the right. It checked off all the boxes for me. One thing that I do find interesting, and I think people—and we'll talk more about this as we, we go on with the episode—but people are already now— starting to write this movie in their heads and i'm seeing a lot of people saying like oh it looks like jj already he's gonna start scrapping stuff from the last jedi yeah. and he's gonna spend he's gonna need so much time to get rid of all the stuff in the last jedi and i i guess the question i have watching this trailer is because it doesn't really answer any of those things but is that really a thing? Like, are people making that up, and are people setting themselves up to be upset again?
2: Because well, I yeah, don't yeah,
0: know yeah. that J. James has ever actually said, you know what, I hated The Last Jedi, we need to
2: undo all of that. Can yeah. I, let me, it, we'll, listen, we'll get into the undo retcon stuff, right? We're, that's, yeah. Yeah, part of, yeah. Okay, that's, perfect, good. So I don't so want to we'll get too get far ahead. Um, um, but can I just say this one thing, is that the most, arguably, the most famous line in The Last Jedi is... No one's ever really gone, right. and it's in this yeah. freaking yes. trailer. Yep, <laughs> it's in the trailer. Set yes. by the man himself. it's yeah. in the trailer by Luke. Yeah, he yeah. says it. That's like it's it's not retcon, but we'll. Uh, well, that it. and but, that's the
0: reason why I mentioned it now is because there are there are. Plenty of callbacks and things in this trailer that let you know that this is clearly a follow-up to The Last Jedi. Yeah. Of course and that they it have is. not right, scrapped right, it, which is course. what it should have been from the beginning. Yeah. And, and you I, mentioned I, 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 Go ahead. No, no,
2: go ahead. Oh, but, you mentioned
0: ahead. the pressure that, that's on JJ Abrams. You know, I find it fascinating. Looks looking at JJ Abrams as a filmmaker. I've always been a fan of his in the sense that I feel like the guy has gotten a lot of unnecessary crap from people. And he actually makes... I enjoy his movies. Like, he makes better movies, and I think people even realize and give him credit for sometimes. And I think the fact that he took on Star Trek and Star Wars kind of ruffled people's feathers, even though he did really great things with both franchises. Um, And he doesn't get nearly enough credit for that either. But, um, you know... It's funny how the, the Last Jedi has turned him into this. Now he's like a hero. Now everybody's he's like, like JJ's here to save the day now. Even though when it was yeah, announced yeah. that he was going to be doing Star Wars originally, it was like, oh, really? JJ J. Abrams? Yeah. Well, so that's it's just, funny how that's that, that just, turned. That,
2: that's, that's just fans, period. Like, since, since I'm from a Batman um, site, I'll say, you know, the same people that were so upset that Ben Affleck was leaving the franchise or the same people that hated that he was cast in the first place. So it's just fandom is funny, but, um, yeah. but I'll, but I'll just say this in terms of JJ. One of the things I find fascinating is right now during his, his interview circuit that he's been a part of, he's not addressed and he's not, I don't, I don't know. to my knowledge. He's been directly asked about the online backlash of the last Jedi. But what I find interesting is that he has said on at least two or three uh, interviews is that he says? You know, you know, a lot of fans had problems with, and I'm thinking he's going to say the Last Jedi. He's like the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. They're like, they, they thought it was a carbon copy of a New Hope, et you cetera. Were. That wasn't my intention, but we're very aware of all the criticisms, and I feel like that's him kind of saying, "Hey, my film had criticisms too, right? Yeah. And yeah. we we love you fans. We're gonna try to make everybody happy, and you know, just let's just be one happy, yeah. you know." you know fan yeah, more right star wars nerds that we yeah. are and yeah. and it was
0: opposite criticism too right so the criticisms of the force awakens were it was too much like a new hope yeah. it relied too much on nostalgia blah 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 and the criticisms of the last jedi well not all of them but some of the criticisms of the last jedi was it it almost like it wasn't enough like the empire strikes back and it wasn't it, it was too much about getting rid of the past and not focused and having respect for the nostalgia and all that stuff. So it's ironic how those two movies, the, the reactions to both, the negative reactions to both, were complete opposite.
1: Yeah. Yeah, agreed. So, um, real quick, my, my reaction to the trailer... Yeah. Tell us how much you hated this trailer, Aaron. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the host dude. of the show, what
2: is your reaction? Yeah, to? I mean, I... I,
1: uh, I mean, I'm in love with it, the whole thing. Just the... Um, you know, obviously, we see a little bit of development in in the characters, and they've progressed a bit. And this, that's exactly what I was hoping for. Um, everything from the music, the the scene, I mean, the scenes, the you know, um, voiceovers, all all of that stuff. Man, my hair was standing on edge. I was so excited about everything that I'd seen. In fact, conversation hit my my texts. About it, and I was like, I can't see any of this because I was in in meetings for work, and I broke away real quick, popped it on, and like was on the verge of tears. I was so excited, um, you know. It just it feels good. It, um, you know, Rick, you were talking about what things that Christian Harloff has talked about in regards to fan service, and yeah, I mean, there's lots of that in there, and there's even, you know, I think it's uh, it's interesting to see. Some of JJ's sensibilities and some of the way, way like the way he crafts a film, sort of being brought back into this trailer, like it did feel a lot like the Force Awakens trailer a little bit to me. Um, at which was great because I I'll never forget when I first saw that trailer, like you know Han and Chewie, Han and Chewie come out and like the world collapsed on itself. Um,
2: God, it's such a fun Star Wars movie, man. Yeah, Yeah. Force Awakens is so great.
1: I I just, you know, I, um, you know, as we talk, and so anyways, like I'm speechless over the whole thing. I'm excited. Chris, I share your sentiment like Avengers. What? I don't care. Let's let, let me get over this month, April, and then let's get, let's like fast forward into December because I need to see this movie like 15 times already. So let's do it. Um, but we were talking a little bit about, uh, some of the scenes in the, in the trailer. So I, I am fascinated to see that kylo ren like putting his helmet back together to see uh him again like kind of sweeping through um people like killing like mowing them down left and right i love to see that breathing thing again from ray which reminded me of the last jedi where it opens up with luke saying breathe just breathe and we get that again in that scene where she's kind of like calming her mind and about to like step her game up, her force game up. And that's just a. T-
2: I, I like I melted. I was like, ah! oh, that's that's a great correlation. Did you guys also notice that in both of J.J.'s Star Wars teaser trailers, it opens up with someone breathing
1: yeah. because unless
2: I'm incorrect about this i believe the first teaser was finn yes (laughs) breathing heavy right Uh, but he was breathing sort of out of fear and uh, i think she's breathing like you just said as she's she's calming her mind calming her mind yeah
1: yeah yeah but i I mean i love all of all of that i love okay if we just dive into like picking this thing apart the fact that she reconstructs the skywalker and I'll, I'll call it the Skywalker because it was Anakin's and then Luke's and now hers. But recrafted the the Skywalker lightsaber hilt is dope. Yeah. It, like, so dope. Um, <clears throat> the embrace. I'm just like kind of flash forwarding through things in my mind. The embrace between Rey and Leia broke my heart. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was just really touching. And to see that the, the stream, the tears stream down her cheek. 'Cause I think that's representative of every fan that watched yeah. that scene.
0: I didn't think I was I thought I was done crying over that whole thing, but apparently not. I'm apparently I'm still yeah. gonna be crying hard over all of yeah. that. Yeah.
1: The you know, the sort of desert the return to the desert planet, um, which I have so many theories about and we can get into. Um but like stuff like that. I'm I'm just I'm digging sort of the the way it kicks back to, you know. We start off A New Hope with Luke on a desert planet, right? And then he he moves into space, and then you've got Ray starts off on a desert planet, moves into you know kind of goes to a watery swampy place type thing, and then goes into space. There's so many parallels between the Luke Skywalker character and Ray,
2: and that's um, really to be fair, that's how the prequels start as well. I mean, yeah, as far as Anakin's uh, journey goes, yeah.
1: So. Um, re- really, really cool stuff happening, happening there. And I think there are, you know, for everyone's critique, I don't want to say everyone because it really isn't, but for some folks critiques that, you know, these movies were kind of made in piecemeal that every, um, director and, uh, writer of the story kind of took it as their own and, and moved the, the needle in a new direction without any real plan in place. I, I'm I'm struggling to fully believe that idea because it I
2: does don't it, even it, it, get
0: me started on that narrative, please. <laughs> or maybe look, you want to get me started on that narrative because uh, l- l- l-
2: go ahead. Oh, because God. I I have a lot to say on that. First well,
0: of all, man. it's all
2: right, let's be Deep let's
0: look at the original trilogy, please. And let's let's remember Luke and Leia and the sexual tension and the kissing yep. And then let's look at Return of the Jedi and how that wound up, and talk to me about how that was all planned out from the very beginning.
2: Right. Okay, well, let, I, I think, I think, I think. Let me, if you don't mind, let me push yeah. back on that a little bit. Is that confirmed that Lucas didn't know that Leia was his sister in Empire? Now I know that they were not mapped out like people think they were at all, but she does use her the first time. The first time we see her using the Force is really at the end of Empire and Cloud City when she. Right. And since Luke and they turn around and go get him, but that's in the same film. You kissed him. So what do you, so Chris, how do you reconcile that? What do you well, think? I mean, I really- I'm just even
0: going back to like, even in a new hope, like there's clearly like, you know, Han and, 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 um, and Luke are like kind of going back and forth. Like, you know, they're, they're sort of like they're into right. her clearly, you know what I mean? Sure. And it's, yeah, absolutely. It, it, you can and there are plenty of things in a new hope. I mean, even the little things, right? Like, you know, people that people have brought up like, um, Obi-Wan calling him Darth, which we right. know now is, like, that really wasn't, like, the way it was supposed to be, right? So things like that, that it's, like, this clearly wasn't as planned out, I don't think, as they thought. And I don't think Ewoks were a factor when A New Hope was a thing. I'm pretty sure that's not... that We didn't envision the Ewoks being the thing that would lead to one of the main things that would lead to the fall of the Empire. When, when A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back were being worked on. So, like, I, I don't buy the whole thing of, like... This is the and and the prequels which were clearly all planned out, right? One big thing and all of this stuff and one guy was what? directing all of them as opposed to the but original it, trilogy it where a, you had three it different had a, directors. They
2: had, had a built-in advantage too. Yes. I mean, obviously the story of Anakin was told already.
0: Correct. Or, but yeah, the okay. thing is people you for the most part are down on the prequels, which was clearly more planned out than anything whereas the original trilogy which seemed to be somewhat less planned out or it's right. less planned out than people really want to remember it to be is the one that everyone's like oh that you know that's the classic clearly so this idea that that and we haven't seen the end of this trilogy yet no, so that's no. the funny thing about a trilogy you kind of need to let it evolve and see how it ends before you can really judge it um because i think if you probably had watched a new hope and then empire strikes back back to back in the time and you know i don't it's not a full story yet either so, you right. know, how do we really judge all of that? Um, the Kylo Ren thing, for instance, you mentioned Kylo Ren with the helmet, right? Mm-hmm. The reconstruction of the helmet. There's an arc there, right? Yeah. So, in, in Force Awakens, the helmet was him trying to be like his, you know, his, right, like his grandfather, like Vader. And then in Last Jedi, he smashes it and he's having that inner conflict. Mm-hmm. for a while right in the course and, and, and of that movie and it's movie.
2: fair to say he smashes it after snoke says you're just a boy in a mask exactly that right. ridiculous thing off right? yes. okay. yeah, yeah. exactly
0: and yeah. now he's re- now but by the end of the last jedi he's pretty much he's like no this is darkness. me like i'm the dark i'm yeah. gonna be this and he's already you know he kills snoke and and now he's he's gonna be the leader so now he's reconstructing the helmet so at least based on the trailer, you would think that's the completion of, of that part of his arc, right. at least from the beginning of the movie, seemingly, is now he's back. So it's symbolic. So when you let a trilogy actually develop, let's see how this thing comes to play. I think it winds up being, it's going to wind up being much more cohesive than people are already kind of writing it off right. as being, um, you know, just with just two movies having been done. And I think so, so much of this is just based on the whole Ray thing. People can't mm-hmm. get past the Ray parents thing like that's oh, screwing God. so many people I mean, up and it's making people assume that this thing wasn't as planned out and it was directors just taking things in their own directions because everyone was sure that in the second movie you were going to have the Luke. I am your father moment and we didn't Right. and that's what, throwing so many people off.
2: Absolutely. And, in and, and... Aaron, you're hosting the show, sir. So uh, oh, that's okay. me, me and Chris, me and Chris. Yeah. No, 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 no. I know. I know. Chris is the co- This is you guys' podcast. I'm saying yeah. you're, you're I'm driving. You're driving this episode, right? Um, we do the same thing with my political podcast. Like, who's who's the driver on this one? Who's right? Um, are we, can we get specifically into the Ray parentage thing? Is that is that yeah, cool? Yeah, yeah, no, Okay, no, no, so I I, I I don't want to get into it like right now. I just want to respond to something a little bit more broad that he's saying. Is that Chris, I agree with everything you just said, and I think part of this right now is the fact that it's a um, – we're, we're living in a world where we have this play-by-play play when just we, – we know how the sausage is made, and so we get all the internal drama of filmmaking. Guess what, guys? Filmmaking is hard. It's messy. It's dramatic. It's tense, and it's, it's, it's just a it's, – it's not easy. At the end of the day, what matters – All that matters is did did the finished product work for you? Did it resonate, Mm -hmm. right? And right now, we're so obsessed with the process. And then we start taking this knowledge, this inside knowledge that we don't even really need to have. But now we have it because it's the age of 24-7 news. It's the age of social media. It's the age of clickbait. And we get all this stuff, and then we apply whatever that is to fit our narrative. If we like a film, we can take that information. We can apply it to something. uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption is one of my favorite films of all time. Mine too. I know that that, fan, that film behind the scenes was a colossal, effing mess. From production to cast to I mean just all sorts of stuff. There's it's but it wasn't out in the public because and obviously it wasn't a fantasy film, but I'm just saying it's just a good example of this. Right. At the end of the day, you watch that movie. I don't I don't watch that movie and think once about what a shit show it was behind the scenes. Right. right? We just know that now. So there's just so much of that. And as far as if I don't, know, I'll say this, and I'll and I'll I'll be quiet. But Chris, you mentioned something about um, everybody wanted the the Luke, Vader's yeah, my, the father reveal. Yep. If you listen to the Last Jedi's commentary, Ryan puts. I don't care if you like the film, hate it, just love it, whatever. But this is cool. When he talks about that scene in the Last Jedi, when Kylo tells her. That her parents are nobody. There's an actual parallel there because for Luke to hear that Vader was his father was the absolute worst thing he could possibly hear in that moment, right. and for her to her to hear that her parents were were drunks and she was a nobody was the worst possible thing she could have heard in that moment. Those those moments are actually that they they they're they're their brother and sister and people need to realize that yeah. that's that's why he did it yes. and that's why that's so awesome. Well it's, that's it's one the, of the things it's the purpose in the delivery.
0: Yeah, it's one it's of the things purpose. we talked about in previous episodes um was how like there's so much subtlety and nuance in the last jedi. And that's mm-hmm. one of those moments that kind of gets lost in because people are looking for the on the nose thing and that's right. it's not as on the nose but but it did have it's the same impact.
1: Yep. And one thing I'll add about Sort of what's happening with general audiences And I truly believe this is something um, You know that we can Point at you know for streaming And things like that is that there is no delayed gratification Anymore because we are We are watching content Content episodically and On demand right it's very very fast Um, So this idea that we Have to wait for a story to be completed Leaves us to our own devices and I think in an era now where we're sort of unable to really pro, and we're seeking information as much and as frequently as possible, even the wrong information that we continue to spin and spiral out of control. This is one of my own little theories here, but I just think that we, you know we're we're not well equipped anymore to kind of deal with like these long pauses between films. And, um, it's what creates this like feverish moment. I think that's why Avengers Endgame is becoming, you know, it will be something as big as it is because it's that like, Whoa, we don't know what's happening. We have to jump in and find out what's going on. And I think a lot of the, the sort of side commentary that's been spun out regarding, you know, the last Jedi. And now even, even with the rise of Skywalker, um, is a lot of that sort of same, same, um, impulsiveness like oh we're we're going to take these images and we're going to make it what we are because we think that it's going to to put us in the direction that we ultimately want to see the story go and yeah i mean jj is directing his movie so <laughs> let's wait and see let's hold our horses um i think it's going to be a beautiful a beautiful addition and 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 sort of finality to a, a story that's been told for over 40 years um do i really think that I mean, as we get into kind of theories and stuff like that, do I think it's the absolute last time we see a Skywalker? No, I think the idea of Skywalker will evolve, and that's what that's that's what the title is referring to. Um, but in terms of like the bloodline of Skywalker, yeah, I think that's I think that's done, It's over with.
2: Well, um, is it? An appropriate time to talk about her lineage. Is Let's that... talk
1: about her lineage. Let's do it. Her parents were nobodies. They were drunks. They sold her for drinking money.
2: And Chris, you mentioned earlier, is this going to be like <laughs> retcon or whatever? Right. But tell it... me, tell me if, tell me if you, you guys agree with my definition of this. Right. A lot of people are, especially you know, obviously, the last Jedi haters are like, JJ's got to fix everything. He's going to retcon. Blah, blah, blah. And we talked about the top of the show, Chris. Mm-hmm. You and I we pointed out that. Uh, one of the most famous lines in The Last Jedi is in the freaking teaser trailer for Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. But even as, even setting, setting that aside, so um, what uh, the, the, the thing about retcon versus just a story evolving is I, I guess I, the easiest way I could put it is like this. If we were to go into the Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. and suddenly Luke was not dead, meaning it never happened, Right, it was a dream or whatever. That's that's not that's to me that's retcon. That's like making something happen that didn't happen. Right. Uh, Uh,
1: Yeah. yeah. Or or saying that somebody. Uh, had turned their back on humanity for over a hundred years, and yet she continues to have stories where that's not necessarily true.
2: That's you're crazy. talking about. That's what uh, Patty Jenkins did with Wonder Woman. <laughs> yes, is yes, a hundred percent. Okay, fair enough. I agree. By the way, and thank God she did. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but that yeah. Let's get into bo- re- soft reboot and reboot. It makes my head spin. Let's talk about Suicide Squad two and Matt Reeves Batman. Uh, damn yeah. damage. Uh, uh. But that's retcon. Nothing. I don't care what direction JJ goes in with her her parentage. By the way, he was on Good Morning America or somewhere this morning, and he saw he was very blunt, saying, "There's, I'm on. We're honoring episode eight, obviously, but there's more to her story about her lineage, right? That here's the thing. I'll just say this is as, as, as blunt as I can. If he makes her a Skywalker, if he makes her a an Obi Wan it does not change episode eight. In fact, right. it, could, it it makes all that even stronger. If he keeps her a, no, which he's obviously not doing, that's clear now, but if he keeps her a, quote, nobody, then it also doesn't change anything. And the reason I say that, and I'm not just trying to like have circular reasoning to defend a film that I love that some fans hate, um, although I do love The Last Jedi, thank you, but th- the fact is this, if he makes her... A somebody, again, in eight, she heard what she heard in that moment. And then Mm -hmm. also think about it. Let's say she's a Skywalker or or Kenobi. How – you can look back as a trilogy and say, man, how much power did he have over her? More than we actually thought, right? Mm -hmm. Because he really – because he got her to say it. And mm-hmm. that moment, she actually says it in The Last Jedi. She's like, they were she nobody. She believes it. Yeah, they were nobody. Yes, he got her to say it. Now, yeah. if, she, if it turns out that they're not, it just shows the power he actually did ultimately have over her. And that's just part of her journey. Yeah. It, it, that's it. I, I You
1: know, I think, I think the thing is for me, um, the idea that um, she came from some sort of like superior bloodline is – is an, it, I think it is sort of an issue for me, if I'm being honest, because the idea that she's a nobody who becomes something is way more powerful than her saying – than it always being like, no, you were always meant to be somebody. You, it, you know what I'm saying? Like the expectations were, were in your blood. And I think it defeats something that Luke says in The Last Jedi where he was like, oh, that powerful Skywalker blood. You know, he, he said something like that. And, oh, you know, it was – I'm, am I making this up? He does. But, but, this, right? but
2: yeah, he does. But you know what? You know what? I think that was a nod to. I think that was Ryan Johnson's way to to reinforce that Clorians were canon. It was all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. No, no, no I, I agree with that. Right. Right. Um, but, which I'm but, fine with, by the way. But I do, you know, but I do think in theory, the idea of being a Skywalker is more than than blood. Right. It's more than just being it, it, you know, I think there's this line where he says like you have a thousand years in, uh, you know, of us in you, something to that effect. And we, we, we we
2: have given you, we, yeah,
1: we've given you. Yeah. So there's that, that, that idea and her evolving this notion, you know, of the Jedi to become something more. And maybe that's what Skywalker ultimately means. Um, for her and the you know sort of embracing that as like uh you know Ray from nowhere from nobody becomes Ray Skywalker because she just takes the name you know what I'm saying like it's Ooh.
2: well that and or the fact that she did it and Emma, and I don't think she's going to be a Skywalker per se maybe but even if she is the theme of 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 the Last Jedi and the and the broom boy and all that yeah it's it's like it took maybe someone from lineage that didn't know they had lineage to let people know. Without lineage, they could rise above, and it doesn't that's change fair. that. Yes, and and like if you th- if you think about the Battle of Geonosis and Attack of the Clones, which is the most underrated movie. You no, know, anyway, but <laughs> there there are what four or five dozen Jedi out there fighting. Those those are not Skywalkers. They weren't right. You know, well, no, no, no. I mean, that's a they weren't I think, I think we've all lost.
1: I well, not we all, but I think people have lost sight of that 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 no. you know force wielding people didn't need to come from powerful bloodlines they didn't need to be kenobis they didn't need to be skywalkers they could be Ray from nowhere from
2: oh, nobody you know what i mean but like, but i think that's she, but, that's totally yeah, but, okay sure and i think that she could be a skywalker or whoever and 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 then the other things still exist because obviously there's a lot of jedi that weren't part of that bloodline yeah. um and look, there is some fan service that is taking place in this film. Um, I did a breakdown on a Batman on Film vlog about this notion that, that Solo's failure was a backlash to the Last Jedi and how many people would not ha- had to have seen that film from a box office per- perspective and just how ridiculous that notion is. And it is – at the end of the day, though – they're, the Last Jedi, as much as I love it, and I think as much as most moviegoers obviously did by repeat viewings and a and cinema score and all that, and most of them aren't, you know, my wife loved it. She's not like, that's not Luke because Luke would have done X, Y, and Z because I read this book and I saw it and then, you know, whatever. Um, but but it, it still was a divisive film, right? Mm hmm right? Chris, remind me again, your thoughts on The Last Jedi. I'd love.
0: We're, we're all on the same page with The Last Jedi. That's I right. love I, The Last Jedi. I was
2: 99% I was 99 yeah. sure. I just want to say something out of line. Okay. Yeah. So we we all love it. We all recognize it. It was divisive, right? I mean, it was. Of course. Um, not not to the level that the fans that hate it th- like to think it was, right. but it still was. And so there's a little bit of fan service going on, and that's okay. And he can walk and shoot gum at the same time, and I love that, again, I'll say this the third or fourth time I've mentioned this. I love the fact that was a great line from The Last Jedi in the trailer, but mm-hmm. um, Chris, you know, d- uh, you know, Aaron would prefer it not to be. I am neutral, I think it works either way. Would you know,
0: as far as what, a retcon goes,
2: as far as her her oh. lineage, her parentage? Oh, her know, parentage. Know, like, so, what, well, what, 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 what do you think? Man? So,
0: this ties in completely with my idea of like the retcon concept, right? So, that's why I say, like. People are already assuming this is going to be a retcon, and I don't think anybody... First of all, no one's ever said that, and it's not even needed, and it's based on three things, right? So, The Force Awakens did spend time, right, teasing the mystery of her parents. So, right. it was. it's not unfair for people to have had an expectation of what that reveal was going to be. Now... They expected it, again, because of the whole Empire Strikes Back syndrome, they expected it to happen in the second movie, and and it may never happen, it may have happened, but it it may happen in the third movie. We don't know. But also Mm. the fact that I think they also teased romance right between Ray and Finn that never became a thing. In The Last Jedi. And also the thing with, obviously, we see Luke at the end. And, well, we know how that epic moment when he hands him the lightsaber. We know how that wound up ending up in The Last Jedi. Not exactly mm-hmm. what people had in mind. So those three moments are really the moments that I think when everyone's talking about retcon, retcon, retcon. Those are the things that they really are talking about, quote, unquote, undoing. Um, I... I was fine having loved The Last Jedi and appreciated what it was going for and appreciated how different it was in a lot of ways while still being Star Wars. I I almost hope that they don't make her like a Skywalker or a Kenobi. I, I would be okay if her parents were truly just nobodies. But I think I'm more in line with you, Rick. I I think, I mean, if they do wind up going that route, I'm not going to be disappointed either. Um. I just like I would be as long as they have a good reason for it, as long as Mm -hmm. they give me tie it into the fact that, well, tell me why she first thought her parents were nobodies. Like, don't just
2: disregard that and make it seem like and I know you weren't asking this, but maybe she was raised by the nobodies. Well, that's what I was going
0: to. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, if you tell me she wound up being raised by these nobodies because her real parents left her somewhere and they were whatever, um, then, yeah. That that would be a good way to do it. Um
1: I mean, that, that, I mean that's kind of what I always had expected before watching The Last Jedi was that she was, you know, part of somebody's family and then they were like, Oh, she's too dangerous. We need to like put her over here and keep her as far away from this life as possible.
2: Well that's that's um, Luke and Leia, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah but at least but at least Leia makes sense. Luke. Right. Luke knew that was his Aunt and uncle, and he knew that. I mean, for God's sake, he kept the last name. True. Right. Yeah. Right. So I just, you know,
1: I, I whatever. <laughs> I'm like, it's gonna be fine. It'll be, it'll be all, all, good. whatever, whatever she is, she's already the hero that, you know, of the story, and um, I think it's a, it's, it's gonna be really fun to see how they close it and what they kind of tie
2: back to, if anything. Um, can I make can can I make I, a prediction God, I think that I think we're gonna we're going to see Anakin
1: yeah I saw you I saw you post something on Twitter about that you know, like <laughs> something about was it like uh Hayden christensen and uh was it Ian McDermott seeing each other at the uh, celebration or something uh, like that well
2: i I didn't base it off that that's all like fan service. <laughs> i'm 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 just saying by virtue of the story mm. that um he is the ultimate Skywalker in the saga because it's the story starts with him, even though mm-hmm. they were, the films were, weren't released that way. That's where the story starts. And then <clears throat> his redemption is, is a major arc. And then obviously the Hayden version of the force Ghost is Canon now and return of the Jedi, which makes perfect sense to me. But, um, what, what now with Palpatine, right?
1: Oof, yeah. So, so there's a couple of things about Palpatine. Um, that are that are that is canon, right? So there's the uh sentinel droids that uh that he created to do his his will um after he he dies. So these are, are droids that kinda have like some sort of sentient um connection to him. You know, you like endued them with like dark force powers and, and they're out carrying his will through the galaxy. The other uh, piece of that is just holocrons. You know, he could have been recorded or, or and then the third part of this is um, which is a really, really deep theory and if you'd have to watch the rebels to, to understand this, but he was in the pursuit of um, sort of bridging time and space through the Force. Uh, and there's a concept that he may have been able to achieve that obviously if Qui-Gon was one of the first force ghosts good force ghosts why couldn't he have been the bad one so that some interesting things to, to think about when it you know when it relates to Palpatine I I'm freaking blown away that they um they revealed that already with the laugh and um in interviews with Kathleen Kennedy, she said that uh, he was always part of the plan, so that he was he was at some point was always going to pop up in in this new uh, this new trilogy. Yeah,
0: and him being yeah. always part of the plan actually now it and we don't know exactly what his role will be in the movie, but I'm I'm going to assume you don't whip out a character like that if it's going to be insignificant, right, in the course right. of this movie. So that then now it makes sense if he's going to be a big bad in this movie that Snoke was there just as like a bridge to really tell Kylo's story as opposed to being the true big bad that had this great mystery of oh who is he what is he whatever so if Palpatine ultimately winds up being your big bad Snoke playing the role he played and having it be somewhat minimized as really just a a vessel to tell Kylo's story and show his evolution makes complete sense now
1: it's Dooku all over again
0: yeah basically
1: yeah yeah agreed
2: what do you think rick i'm i'm that that just made my head spin <laughs> honestly <laughs> you know th- th- it's fun all the speculation right but sometimes it can be like maddening yeah especially when stuff starts to make sense you're going this is that applicable to reality i don't know i mean when i mean reality i mean in terms of the filmmakers and what they're you know what they're going to do yeah um
1: it's just it's crazy to me how fast they they kind of show that i mean this is the first trailer and first of all i gotta say it is bananas that they've been able to keep so much of this stuff under wraps like a couple of months out from from releasing this film i mean the first the trailer for the force awakens was released like ridiculously early uh like maybe eight months i think before and so we're here April, so may june july august september October. No, no so eight months i guess i guess we have eight months to go but it was you know there's a lot of meat there's a lot of stuff to chew on in that trailer and the fact that it was never leaked uh kudos to to jj J. abrams and his you know mystery box but this whole thing this involvement of the emperor and also the revisit the revisiting of the death star uh, which is, which is also like I thought we had the Death Star in the, <laughs> in the Force Awakens. Uh, no kidding. Uh, but the destruction of the Death Star and sort of the remnants of that. Uh, well, it's interesting I, to see that.
2: And I think that that Death Star is actually the Death Star from Jedi, which is where Palpatine was killed, so to speak, and where Vader was supposedly redeemed. And that's what that's it all ties into why I think that we'll see. Um, and again, and I hope we do. I think that. Put a, putting a big bow on this franchise. And let's face it, that Force Ghost is canon. And, it, you know, I don't want to get in the weeds with you and Obi-Wan, but. Um, Never. Did, uh, yeah. It, and, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's sort of the problem when you make things like, okay, so there's these, there's the Jedi become Force Ghosts. And then when you see them and they're major players in the franchise, you know, i.e., Anakin, mm-hmm. I hate Christensen. Um, and
1: Luke, Luke now.
2: Right. Yeah. And so how does that, where, where are they? Do they just disappear? I mean, obviously Yoda was in the last shed I thank you, Ryan. That was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what w- w- I, I, I think it would be a disservice to not have um, Anakin's force ghost in it. Now, do I want this big scene where you see Qui-Gon and Mace Windu? and uh, Look, not necessarily. <laughs> that, that could be a little much. Right. Um, I don't even know if I necessarily want to see you and McGregor in this per se. I I know oh, that I, I want I, I want to be we right. Well, I want to see him again, and let's keep in mind. And I've said this, I said this on on, on, on you guys' show before, is that you know, it, in my opinion, he gave the most important line in the film in the Force Awakens. It was swallowed, uh, but when when JJ brings in you and McGregor to come and do a voiceover for his. Star Wars relaunch and Ewan McGregor tells Ray, these are your first steps. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen the end of, of him. I just want to see him in his own movie. I don't know if I'm going to get that now. It might be a TV show or whatever. But again, I want to get into that. I'm just saying that, well, if you don't mind, if I could just ask you guys this question, and it'll make what I'm trying to say make sense. Is I'm a better person. I'm better at asking questions and answering them. Sometimes <laughs> I, I answer questions <laughs> by a- asking. Yeah, did I say that right? Yeah, there were several things that that happened in, in the Force Awakens that weren't addressed in the Last Jedi. Not that they necessarily needed to be, but they certainly need to be in this film. Mm-hmm. Whether it was Maz and how did she get the lightsaber? Why did she have it?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, and so that's a very specific thing. And why did you get know, into the Knights of Ren and all that? But mm-hmm. why why did? All that flashback scene in The Force Awakens, all of that, unless I, unless you guys know something that I'm missing, was just, you know, other than the Knights of Ren stuff, was uh, was dialogue. You you could hear the Emperor, you could hear you could hear uh, Yoda, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was all from previous films. But why suddenly did Obi Wan, via his quote unquote first Force Ghost, speak to her? Mm yeah so is that you know what what is going to be things that were not addressed from the force awakens and the last jedi what do you guys think will be in this film and very you know obviously the maz lightsaber thing is a good place to start what do you guys think um i mean so having i have the
1: the art of star wars books and um I was very familiar with the initial opening and, and our friend, you know, Jason Ward had reported on this way, 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 way back when, uh, when the force awakens before the force awakens had even dropped that, you know, the idea was going to start the force awakens was going to start with like a hand in space. Um, and that it would ultimately, uh, sort of crash down on a planet. And, um, that hand was holding, uh, Anakin Skywalker. And that at some point, you know, the journey would begin of f- from the perspective of the of the lightsaber. Um, I don't necessarily think I need an answer for how Maz got the lightsaber. Um, I'm more interested in seeing the Knights of Ren. Like, that's the thing that I wish we had had more of a payoff on. Um, and it wasn't that it wasn't addressed in the last Jedi because Snoke clearly called called Kylo like you you know the the sort of master of the Knights of Ren or something like that um uh you know, so he hinted at there. I, I want to see those guys in action. I want to see what, what they are and who you know, what, what is that even what is the Knights of Ren? What does that even mean? because uh, we never got an answer on that. So that, that's sort of where I'm where I'm at. And that's the things those one of the things that I really want to see that kind of was left uh on the shelf uh after The Force Awakens. But yeah, I don't really care about the lightsaber. It's not my thing. Fine.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting because Look, while I I mean, after all the stuff I've said about, you know, what should and shouldn't be retconned and and what, you know, how do we know that, you know, that's what they're even thinking about, blah, blah, blah. I do admit that, you know, and I think even I may have even read this. I mean, J. James may have addressed this at certain points during the, the backlash with The Last Jedi. But like there were clearly things that he had in The Force Awakens that he threw in there and, you know. They could have gone in different directions with them, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that... And, you know, at the time, he wasn't supposed to direct another one of these. He was basically turning the thing over to Ryan Johnson at that point. So... Mm -hmm. But I, I do think there were little things like that that he threw in there. That he you know was like well they could expand on this they don't have to they could take it in a different direction they could take it you know however they want it and some of those things he may not think are necessary to, to revisit like the lightsaber thing and some of them you know he may want to revisit again since they didn't get touched on in mm-hmm. uh in the last jedi um yeah i don't i don't know that i am a knights of ren is interesting but i don't know that i'm i'm overly um uh, enthusiastic about having to see more of either of those things necessarily um i'm just kind of ready to see how they flush out the rest of this story and where it ends up like i I don't Mm -hmm. maybe it's and ironically because we're talking about jj Abrams, maybe it's the lost fan in me and i'm still having withdrawals from that whole experience like i'm at the point now where i don't need answers to every question anymore
1: right like
0: sometimes
2: and and he walked away from that yes he did yeah 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 so, Chris, do you think that, or I just, if you guys don't mind, I'll just pose this question to both of you. So, um, how much of Luke do you guys think we're going to see? Is he, is he a major player? Do you think we'll see him in his physical ghost form? I can only imagine we will. Um, I, but, yeah, uh, I, I'd imagine so. I'd imagine
1: you know, so. I just don't think that he is incredibly important to the story anymore. Um. I think from a guidance perspective, and especially since this is going to flash forward, um, I think that, uh, you know, what we'll get from him is very, very similar to what we got from Alec Guinness in uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be very short. um, And uh, and that'll be that. I don't I don't necessarily see see how useful he would be other than, again, providing guidance.
0: I, uh, I'm i kind of with you. I actually, and the people who hated The Last Jedi aren't going to want to hear this, and the traditionalists aren't going to want to hear this, but I, as somebody who loved The Last Jedi and feels that Luke's ending was perfect in The yeah, Last Jedi, I, I don't agree. need to see, yeah. I don't need to, he had his moment already. So I don't need to see Luke. Have another moment. I'm good with the moment that we got. I thought it was perfect. I thought it was badass. I thought it was very true to that character, and Mm -hmm. I I don't need to see much more of him. I'm kind of good with it. I do want to see him. I want to see his Force Ghost uh, to some degree, but like, I don't need to see him squaring off with Palpatine. You know what I mean? Like, we had that moment for him. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I I agree. But I'm I'm going to make a another prediction, and this is going to be. Uh, maybe even more bold than my last one. I do think that we're going to see Hayden Christensen. And uh, this is now April 16th, 2019, when I say this. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I think we're going to see Luke in action a little bit. I think we're going to see it via flashback sequences, right? And um, it will I think it'll serve the story properly. And don't be surprised if we actually see a scene with that was filmed with... Uh, with Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford and a flashback sequence, or maybe even Harrison Ford and Billy D since he's in the film and he's just uh, dude. Uh,
1: it's so awesome to see him by the way. And, and he's rocking the yellow Cape from
2: solo, which I think is, which, which I think it's is great. Awesome. So I'm just saying, I, I, again, I go back to, I think JJ's is going to put a big bow on this franchise. Okay. And uh, so I, I just wouldn't be surprised if I saw any of those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In terms of, the the title again so rise of skywalker i know we've been so focused on on ray and and the idea that skywalker is something good and and wholesome and all of that what if and i saw a couple of theories about this which i absolutely despise this idea but i'll throw it out there for you guys what if rise of skywalker is actually kylo
2: finding redemption chris do you want him redeemed
0: no because that wouldn't fit so i mean i talked about what i felt was his arc Already talking about it. And I I don't feel like that would fit the arc at all. (laughs) Because I feel like his arc to this point has been bad moment where he might go through a redemption. And then he was like, no, I'm good. I'm bad. And he just needs to be bad. I don't need. Yeah. Yeah, Because, you know, Darth Vader, Anakin Sky. Well, forget the prequels for a second. When we first watched the original trilogy, like his arc in that trilogy was he was bad. Right? Bad, 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 bad. You heard about, like, he was Anakin Skywalker. You heard about that, you know, he was this Jedi and whatever. But, like, he never saw it. So, he was bad. And then he has his moment of redemption at the end where he saves his son. Kylo's bad. And then he had that moment. And now let him be bad. I don't... if he was going to get his redemption, it would have been in that moment when he he and Ray are fighting together, which was awesome in the Last Jedi. And for and that know, moment,
2: go, go ahead. Go ahead I'm yeah, sorry, for
0: that ahead. moment, like I was ready to jump out of my seat, and it was great. And that would have been his time. But once he goes back on that and goes bad again, like no, I don't need to see him now be good again or try to be
2: good. I don't. I have that. a buddy, Kurt Baza. Kurt, if you're listening. He has a he has a theory. This is just a theory, but I just want to say this because it just ties into what you're talking about right now. He thinks that that opening sequence with Ray, which is freaking awesome, right? When he she does that Matrix Matrix esque backflip over his uh, Tie Fighter, is part of him training her. Now I don't think that that's accurate, but it is an interesting pr- perspective. Um. Any thoughts on not so much that being accurate, but any thoughts on maybe things aren't quite what they seem with those two? Because let's face it, they had some had some pretty intense moments in the last film. Um, the the force skyping stuff, which I love, but there's some intense moments. And- yeah,
1: but she 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 left him like in the dust. Like there was that last connection that they had, where she kind of just. Closed the door on him, and that was the end of that. Well, yeah, and... but is
2: that, are you talking about the end of the movie though? Because there was a look on her face of I don't dare I say hesita- hesitation, but of reluctance. Uh, which I guess is the same thing. But you, you, right, you, you know what I'm saying? Are you? I'm not saying that Kurt is correct. I'm just saying is is their relationship
1: more complicated than we assume it to be? Thank you. What do you, you think? think? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I. I agree 100% that 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 I think she inherently is looking for for the good in him and again she sensed his conflict but I don't think she would have left him if um if she wasn't committed to her resolve that it was over
2: for him do you like let me ask you guys this and this is a person obviously I I love the entire franchise I, I love the prequels um but one of the things and this is what I'll just never understand about the, the Disney hate with certain fans because there's so many things they're doing better than Star Wars has ever been. And one of the things I love about this new era of Star Wars, um you see this a lot in Rogue One, but it's 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 in The Force Awakens. It's certainly in The Last Jedi is that things are more complicated than they seem. It's not as black and white figuratively or literally, right? It's a you know, the the good guys struggle and they've done bad things to get to where they are. The bad guys are, you know, when Kylo kills his dad, it's that wasn't easy on him. right? Right. And so the nuance and the complexities of the characters and their situations is far more compelling than just blame good versus evil. So if you take that in consideration, how do you think that applies to where this might go with with the Kylo Ray thing, will, will, will JJ sort of—I don't dare—I say regress, but will he go a little bit more, you know, black and white, so to speak? Or yeah, we'll just... I,
1: yeah. I mean, I think it's—I think they need to, um, because the whole like what we got in. Um, I'm sorry, the uh, return of the Jedi where it's like, Father, I sent your conflict, you know, there's still good in him. Like we 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 just we just went through that already in the last Jedi. So at this point, let's set the stage with good guy, bad guy, and let them fight it out because that's ultimately where the where the resolution will be in the conflict. Um and and it was very clear in what Luke was saying that, you know, the um the resistance is reborn or the rebellion is reborn and the war is just beginning. Um, And I am not the last Jedi. So, I mean, that's, that's the table stakes, right? It's like, there will be a Jedi as you've chosen to go down this road. Um, You know, so this, this has to be a light versus dark thing. Now where the other players kind of fit in that, like Palpatine and some of these other characters, I'm not really sure, but I, I do think this is the story is between Kylo And Ray, And it needs to be very It needs to be absolutely black and white
0: You would hope that that's the the story So I was going to say Palpatine is the thing That could change this right So if if Kylo is going to have a moment of redemption Which I hope he doesn't um, It would Palpatine you would think Would be the reason why Right because if he becomes the big bad That gives you a way to kind of slide Kylo into a moment where he could fight uh, You know he can join the fight against Palpatine right in theory Right. Um, I just don't. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, because right. I my whole thing about this, and the reason why, one of the other reasons why I loved The Last Jedi as much as I did was because of the fact that my favorite part of The Force Awakens was the new characters.
2: Mm-hmm. I loved
0: the new. Mm-hmm. What I loved so much about The Force Awakens was the fact that, yeah, you had your nostalgia, and that's good. You know, I, we like that. But the fact that the new characters were my favorite part of that movie is what made it special for me. So the fact that, you know, we get that was the emphasis of The Last Jedi. I want this story to be about Ray and Kylo. That's what it should be about.
1: Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah, She's Kylo awesome. getting
0: his redemption now makes it about something else altogether.
1: Agreed. And I mean, I think the thing here too is when we consider Palpatine, I, I think he needs to serve a very similar uh, story or sort of arc as as Luke, right? Like... If he's in the picture, then it should be as a, a sort of teaching or counsel, counselor moment for Kylo. If Kylo is sort of embracing the dark side, right, completely, yeah. And mm-hmm. and maybe that's where the final confrontation happens is is within the Death Star because Kylo is sort of immersing himself in the last bit of darkness that he can through Palpatine and his presence there. And you know, who who knows? Who's to say? But but I think that that feels a little better because agreed you know these new characters are the lifeblood of this entire new franchise and it by and, and this has been the point of of killing off or sort of removing some of the older older guard is because they they will wait this they will sort of become the fat of the story that just doesn't it's not necessary anymore like they've had their time and and You know, we need to get, you know, new audiences involved or sort of invested in these new characters and they become distractions. If you, you know, the older characters become a distraction because they're only talking to an older generation. Right. So um, I think. That suffice to say, that's all to say that, yeah, the, the story yeah. needs to just focus on Kylo and, yeah. and, and Rey and, and go from there. What
0: about the theory that, And because I don't know if you've seen this, I saw it on Twitter and it's, it's based somewhat on the, the titling of these movies so far in, in this trilogy, the idea that Skywalker ultimately will become the new name for Jedi and that. You know, Rey will lead the, the Skywalker order because if you follow the titles, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker, it kind of makes sense just as far as titles go that that might be yeah. a direction that they go. What do you think of that?
1: I, I mean, that was what I was alluding to before about her lineage. Like, it's not about the blood tie anymore. Like, the Skywalker becomes the evolution of the Jedi. I love that idea. I, I think that it, it, it carries the name and it becomes bigger than what it, what it was always meant to be anyways. Right. Um, and it's an, it's a name that the galaxy sort of, um, you know, recognizes and there's a reverence to it. Um, I, I like that. I like the theory a lot. Um, the, re- the, the. <laughs> As more people talk about it, I'm like, that's so not going to happen because more people are talking <laughs> right. about it. And I'm yeah. like, I hope, J.J., you're smarter than that. Um, well, the
0: movie's done. So, I mean, it's not right. like they could change it now. But sure. I, mean, I guess they could,
1: but, technically. They yeah, I mean, I, I dig it. I, I, yeah. I like the idea. And also adds
0: weight to Luke's sacrifice, right? And the idea that one of the themes of The Last Jedi was like that idea of hope and the idea that the myth of Luke Skywalker now becomes a thing that kids are talking about or whatever. So it would add some weight to that if, if Skywalker now became the symbol of what mm-hmm. was the Jedi.
2: Yeah, I, to me, it's semantics, really. I don't think that it's, it's. I don't know. For me, I, I think the way that it was played out in The Last Jedi and the way that ended was brilliant. And... Um, whether or not that sort of becomes synonymous with Jedi or whatever, we'll see. I, I don't know. I I I think that I think that this ties back into the whole fan service thing. I think the Skywalker Rise of Skywalker is a I, I think that's telling. I think that that's going to be pretty apparent when we see the film. Why he said that, and may I just say also that is a huge fan of the Chris Nolan Batman trilogy. That uh, I love the fact that the word Rise is. Is in this uh, third chapter, oh, um, what, yeah. Open those can of worms. <laughs> what do you, um, what do you guys think of Carrie Fisher and the way they're handling this? I mean, obviously, we don't know; we haven't seen anything. But um, apparently, JJ's using—I mean, not apparently—it's he like is—he's using cut footage from seven, I think, even a little of eight. Yeah, and he, and he was talking on an interview saying, "We—I just took all this footage of her and." made her a performance we wrote around her dialogue and i find that incredibly fascinating yeah they pull that off that's yeah that's that's tricky stuff man
1: that is it's i mean it it, like kudos to him if he can pull it off and it feels seamless which i I imagine it it would um but uh, that's ingenious and uh I can't wait to see how they how they do it. I'm gonna have to like play stupid because I, you know, it's one of those things where because we know how the sausage is made, you're kind of you're gonna be looking for the blemishes in it, you know. And I and I bet I need you can't to push that them, as, though. Yeah, it, right. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. I, I kind of want to push that from my mind because I I don't want to get caught up in that. <clears throat> you know, um, it was like the whole. When I heard that uh, Lupita Nyong'o was gonna be in um, the Last Jedi, I was like, "Oh, great!" And then she was like saying she had had comments like, "Oh no, I was only like real quick. I did a scene," and I was like, "Mm, "They're not gonna really go," because I was like, I was interested in Maz Kanata um, from the Force Awakens, and then they had they gave her that like little VR like video game scene, which probably. um, if I'm being honest, is probably one of the weakest scenes in that entire film. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those where I was like, yeah, that's just making me uncomfortable. It doesn't doesn't feel right.
2: Well, I didn't mind it so much in the last shot. It was just more of a once you realize she's not in it again, you're like, okay, that was just Ryan's way to get her in. But yeah, so
1: it's one of those where I'm like, okay, you know, they
2: they decided to keep
1: Carrie Fisher in, which is they absolutely had to um so let's see how it how it it comes off Um, you know that scene in in the film looks it's it's interesting it's a very it's a very different it's actually the most colorful scene in the trailer and i don't know where to place it it feels like sort of unearthly in a way like uh celestial in a way So I'm I'm I I don't you know I need to like look at that a little bit more. I I know it's probably not what I'm thinking, but um, it definitely stood out for sure in the trailer.
0: Yeah, and we don't know how big a role either. You know, I mean, I know they talked about you know they rode around her and they used a lot of this footage, and that sounds all awesome and kind of geeky as far as like behind the scenes stuff goes. But we don't know how big a role it's going to be. So it's possible that it will seem fairly seamless because it, it may not be that big a deal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it may just be yeah. a small thing, maybe in the beginning, um, you know, just to kind of maybe write the yeah. character off or whatever. And and uh, and it's probably, you know, it's not like it's half the movie. Right. That they yeah. they had to write around and build the character. But it's still fascinating. Um, and I know that they didn't want to do the CGI stuff. And that's good. 'Cause it, it worked in Rogue One, but that was a brief moment. You know. Yeah. Well, except for Tarkin. I mean, that was a whole movie and that was kind of amazing what they did with that. It, but the Leia thing was a brief moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really interested to see how they how they play play that out. Um, okay, so I know we're we're sort of burning through this, um, at a rapid pace. So anything more on rise of skywalker before we move on to other star wars stuff that's popped at
2: celebration i'm just excited for this movie man yeah i really am
1: do you do you guys think it's going to be the official last time we uh
2: we see or hear anything related to skywalker no because i think we're going to get something obi-wan related so no (laughs) no never (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, okay, before, before, we, before we move on There's a this,
2: history to this,
1: ladies and gentlemen yeah. <clears throat> Yes, there is L- Listen to previous episodes, please um, Before we get into the other stuff The one thing I, d- I did want to say is that I don't know if anyone caught the comment from Kathleen Kennedy Saying that after this film They will be taking a pause A very long pause On other Star Wars films Um, and that they were going to be working with their other directors like Weiss and Benioff and the story group to, and and Ryan Johnson and Ryan Johnson to lay out and plan for their, their new, um, sort of franchise, I guess the, the sort of forward forwardness of, of that, of the films. How do you guys feel about that?
2: Well, what I found interesting is that she said that you know we we tried with Solo to do two films a year and that didn't quite work. And I wanted to I wanted to just scream as much as I think like Solo is not one of my favorite Star Wars movies, right? But it's it's a delightful film. I enjoy it. It's it's good fun. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but it it irritates me that their reaction to that film is to knee jerk and pull back and other projects and let's not do two films a year. I'm not not necessarily saying they should do two films a year. I'm just saying to base that off the solo flop, which it was, is not really fair to the franchise because I'll just be blunt here. I've said that several times, right? But if this, if that would have been a Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan film, it wouldn't have flopped because people are invested in, in, unless it was just terrible, but I, you know, um, but I just don't think people were interested in seeing a Han Solo film without Harrison Ford. And the way they marketed the movie was weird. They didn't feel like they had confidence in their their lead. Ultimately, he was really good in the movie. But you, you would have known that from the trailers of the marketing. So it sucks that that is now the um, what, what they're basing these decisions off of is, is that film. That's the only thing that bugs me. But, hey, you know what? Star Wars isn't Marvel let let it be every couple of years. There's a major motion picture. A lot of the stuff is obviously going to animation comics. And then the uh, DC or DC, sorry, the Disney streaming service. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I say
0: take your time. I mean, it, Star Wars has a history of taking its time, right? (laughs) I mean, it's not, it's not a foreign concept to have a lot of time between actual, the proper trilogies. Um, so I don't, I don't right. really think that's a bad idea. I mean, they should, and especially since they're starting theoretically from scratch, right? Uh, they should be taking time. There's a lot of world building that needs to be done here. And I, you know, I don't, I would be a little bit more concerned if they were ready to rush something out in a couple of years.
2: Um, yeah.
0: There's a lot to develop here and, and they have these other forums now that they can keep the brand alive in that. I guess they feel more comfortable with, um, And that's what they'll focus on and and Star Wars will stay alive and they will probably will get remasters and, you know, you may get your precious uh, original trilogy untouched in 4K and all that stuff. So there's other things that they can roll out in between that will keep the brand alive while they figure out they crack the story, so to speak, of to what this next trilogy, what this next phase is going to be of Star Wars.
2: Yeah. I agree. I agree with all that except one thing. I don't think that they're going to f- market or focus on re- releasing the original trilogy in its original format. I just don't. I, I think that was a handshake agreement with. Dude, uh, well, that's yeah. Aaron's dream, so you, you, I know you, he's you, hot dude, on that. You, so I mentioned. You need it. to pump the brakes right
1: mm-hmm. there. Like, if I don't get that original trilogy in 4K untouched, I'll burn buildings, man.
2: Ain't, ain't gonna happen. Oh, why not, not? Just because that's not how Lucas wants it. I don't. I don't know if that was in the contract or not. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But I just don't think they would do that. George would be furious, and they need George as an ambassador of goodwill for these films. He, they just do. He just set visits. He's JJ's been public about how he consulted them on the script for uh, Rise of Skywalker. Ron Howard had him on the set for Solo. That would piss him off. They won't do it. Not even as like a. Like No. He, he he has said he would take all those copies and burn them if he could.
1: Well he's just a crazy person.
2: <laughs> well, and, and and I know he said that about the Christmas holiday Star Wars thing, but he said something similar about that in terms of the the pre special edition films. I just whatever.
1: I mean, I think I think he's doing I think he's doing film such a such a disservice by not releasing those films, because he, what he produced, while granted may have may have been his ultimate vision, like was was like too early from, you know, what the technology could have handled. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that still today could be fixed, like the whole job scene, all of that stuff unnecessary and could have waited probably another 10 years before it was even tinkered with to insert some freaking blob that doesn't look like anything that we've seen in any of the films. It's like a completely foreign job of the hut. I freaking hate that scene. There's well, the and I mean, well, and be- even and that solo the the solo Grito sh- uh, face off that just looks so bad. So I mean, I would rather um I understand that, you know, they want to pay their respects to to somebody who created this amazing franchise and I love the man dearly, but like yo People these days have an affinity for like retro things, right? People go back to vinyl. They love like, the, I mean, let's just
2: just do it. Just give it back to us. It's not gonna happen, dude. Yeah, I'm just telling you right now. They're not. They're not going to upset the creator, and it would piss him off. And 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 I'm with you on the special editions for the most part. There are two things, and maybe there's a, there's something else that someone would just tell me, but. I like that. In In is actually the Emperor, and Empire Strikes Back. They even tweak the dialogue a little uh, bit.
1: Yeah, I like that too.
2: That that works. And then I personally really like the Hayden Christensen thing with As the Force Goes. I just do. There was never an old man, Anakin at fifty, sixty years old with old man arms and old man yeah, legs. That and has, old has man to be
0: Anna. a thing now, right? Because <laughs> we've established the fact that yeah, it, that doesn't. work. Although, could they do one thing, please? Could could they please just get rid of the no in Return of the Jedi?
2: I agree. I agree with a lot of this stuff. And I, and and by the way, I I, I would I would say that you, wow, what did you say? I didn't want to interrupt you. You said something. Oh, the Jabba thing in The New Hope. I think obviously that scene was that's Harrison Ford. There was a Jabba the Hutt, and he was just a person they right. cut it out. But you said that that Jabba doesn't look like any other Jabba. Technically, that's not accurate. It it, it actually looks like the Jabba from the Phantom Menace at the Padre scene.
1: Oh right, because that looks so freaking amazing. As I'm well. not
2: saying that it does. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's tied into something that is canon. Right, so, right. right, yeah, right. It
1: look, like
2: it, well, yeah, it's
1: an it's an unaged it's an unaged Jabba the Hut, Some 30 years later, that's I, that's
2: amazing. I agree that there's a lot of problems with the Phantom Menace. It's yeah, by the, far the most.
1: The jerky, the jerkiness of of the head movement, the head movement from Harrison Ford in that Greedo scene, the jerkiness of his head movement and whole body moving as he's stepping, quote unquote, stepping on Jabba's tail. Why,
2: why did he make Greedo shoot first? I just, I hate it.
1: So stupid. I hate so, it. So so.
2: stupid. I hate it. Yeah, I, I hate it. And, on and shoot. Uh, yeah. it's an old West. He's 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 Doc Holliday, man. He's lighter.
1: And, and sorry, before we even get into this, but you, you want to talk about a retcon who shot first and solo, right? It was solo because that's what he does. So, yeah. I mean, I think, I think he was somewhat delusional and in, in making those edits. And what I would say is if Disney is still in the business of making money, which I know that they are, they'd release those stupid movies and give them to people as an amazing box set, which I'm sure would fly off the se- the shelves and be sold out for years. And that's the end of that.
2: It won't happen. <laughs> All right. Slapped a chin. Uh,
1: um, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like legit got hot over that. Um, that's funny, man. Thank you. You're, thank you're you, a Rick.
2: boxer, right? I can see you. Like... <laughs> thank you, Rick. Yeah, shout out boxing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of boxing, I love Apollo Creed. Yeah,
1: man. Who makes an, who makes an awesome appearance, not under a mask. Uh, in the Mandalorian, so uh, yeah. So for those... yeah,
2: but what about my contrived segue? Any like round of applause for that? No, I, no, I,
1: liked it. I no, like that. I like what you was... did there. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> well attempted, um, but yeah. So so we're starting to get our first glimpses of the Mandalorian um, outside of some initial still footage or still still shots of the main character. So um, Rick. What's your excitement level for the
2: Mandalorian? Uh, I'm excited. You know, I, it's interesting to see something live action, Star Wars. That's not a major motion picture. Um, other than obviously the holiday Christmas special from 1970, whatever. Uh, I love, as you and I both, sir, are huge, passionate fans of the Rocky slash Creed franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see the great Carl Weathers in Star Wars. Uh, I, I love Dave and John being at the helm of this thing. And um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't follow a lot of what they were talking about with this in celebration. I, I just been super busy. I just the, the the opportunities I've had to catch up on anything Star Wars, obviously revolved on Episode Nine. So I haven't seen all of the panel, but I saw a little bit of it. Um, I didn't see. I know there was something, some leaked trailer or whatever. I didn't. I didn't really get into that but I'll wait for the official release but I certainly like the stills and I like the what I've been told about it I guess it takes place what a few years, after, years after the Jedi. return of the Jedi yeah. or, or, or or the yeah return of the Jedi which which I think that's rad so it's because there's this big gap between uh return of the Jedi and Force Awakens so we get to see the world a little bit during that time mm-hmm. so I'm I'm down man like yeah. you know I I'm not I don't have Star Wars fatigue, so bring it on. I guess I need to get Disney streaming service now. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: I'm really uh, excited for Disney Plus, just in general.
1: Um, oh god, we didn't even and, get a chance to talk about yeah, any of that. As
0: Aaron this. Note can attest to, and anyone who's listened to this show from the beginning can attest to, I am I'm all about these streaming services. Um, it it is whether we you like it or not, it's the future of of television and how content is going to be provided, but. Uh, I just love the pedigree for this show. So, I mean, if you look at the money that's being put into it, I mean, just here's the list of directors for episodes for this show, right? So uh, Dave Filoni, who, well, John Favreau obviously is like basically running the show, right?
1: Yeah. With Dave yeah.
0: Filoni. Dave Filoni directing the first episode. And if, for those of you who don't know, he was the executive producer of The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: Taika Waititi Mm-hmm. Who directed Thor Ragnarok Bryce Dallas Howard Rick Famuyiwa Who directed and was at one point Attached to um, The Flash Right at mm-hmm. one point uh, yeah. He's directing the episode Deborah Chow who directed episodes of Jessica Jones and Better Call Saul I mean these are the directors that are going to be directing Episodes of this show uh, th- This is not just like a throwaway Like little sh- something to just throw up on a streaming service this is something serious. Yeah. And yeah. that alone has me really excited.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I think, you know, um, I've been waiting for the show for a very, very long, long time. If you remember way, way, way back and saying this is probably shortly, maybe in the time of the, the prequels, George Lucas had talked about doing live action Star Wars films it's ages ago. And so um I always you know was curious to see what that would look like and in terms of seeing some of those still images and yes watching <laughs> that leaked preview this is a beautiful beautiful show this is a high quality show that um will feel like it's been ripped right from um from the movies uh, but it also is giving license to the creators to develop new species and aliens, visit new planets. So it's, you know, it's continuing the expansion of the star Wars universe. Um, and it, you know, we talked a little bit about the time that it takes place. I mean, it's a very fascinating period of time because, you know, you've got, you have a Jedi who's, who's kind of back. And, um, this is at the start of his, his, you know, um, uh, recreation of the Jedi order. So, you know having that sort of in the background is very exciting but i'm i'm even more focused and uh stoked to just see new characters again sort of being introduced to us and getting involved in them um you know the the main um i was gonna say diego luna but that's not his name pedro pascal, <laughs> uh, pedro pascal yeah uh is the lead um who if you've seen narcos um if you've seen the Kingsman. Uh, if you've seen a whole bunch of other if you've seen Game of Thrones, um, you know, this guy is is huge. Um, and, you know, it's going to be an amazing show. It just it just looks it
2: looks phenomenal.
0: And Diego is going to be getting a show, too, right?
2: That's right. Yeah, that's right. On the, on the k- streaming service. k 2 sos in the film as well, or in the show as well, right? Uh, no, what, no, oh, no, the, no, 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 not in that. What is he? What is he revisiting? Obviously, he wouldn't be in that.
1: Yeah, no, I think they're doing like a, a Cassian Andor. Yeah, that that's the
2: story. that? Oh, he's getting yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, why uh-huh. is it that the tra- there was a leaked trailer from? And it's a leaked trailer. It was it, sh- it was shown at Celebration. Someone put it up on their phone. I, I would just think at this point, Lucasfilm would have put that up as a sanctioned trailer. Well, well, I why? Why what they uh, haven't done that? I well, I mean, it was—it's already leaked, and it was—they showed it. So why not just put it up anyway? Maybe they didn't yeah.
0: want to take away—not that it would have—but maybe they didn't want to take away from
2: the experience the at
0: episode Celebration Nine stuff and the whole. Well, yeah. that too. Maybe. all that—all
2: that stuff is so different now. Comic Con, yeah. this—it's like you—you you have to just say the reason that, that it's not so much you're getting privileges per necessarily and seeing stuff that other people are—you're just seeing it like in person, but you know, because things just drop yeah. online. I mean. My gosh, this, yeah. this episode nine trailer, it was shown and what it was online, what, five minutes later? Yeah. If yeah.
1: I mean, that that's probably what they should have done. And actually, there were there were a couple of other trailers that were released. So, um, the, as I mentioned, I think it's called last, last orders or something like that. Um, the Jedi game, uh, yeah. that'll come out. Uh, yeah, I saw that trailer, which looks, looks really cool. Kind of reminded me a little bit about, um, force, the force unleashed, uh, if you ever played any of those games, but uh, big, big game looked awesome. Also, canon. Um, and there's lots of new books and things like that that are dropping as well. So I think I think we're we're about to hit like the last. I don't want not say the last, but we're hitting one of the last sort of um, spikes of Star Wars fever, where there will be new books, new material, new things to kind of digest and expand um, your horizons on. The lore and the canon and all that stuff. So, I'm
0: one of the things. On this bus.
1: <laughs> one of the things
0: I'm most excited though about with this Mandalorian and you touched on it, Aaron, and and it ties into something Rick was saying earlier about um, solo, right? And why you know it's unfortunate that they're basing their the whole decision on to not keep doing those Star Wars story movies on that performance of that movie. The idea of exploring new timelines and new and giving you the that. Those time periods giving you the freedom to create new things. So Mm -hmm. what I loved about Rogue One was the fact that it was new. I mean, it was a story we were somewhat, well, we kind of were told about a little bit, but everything about it for the most part was except for Vader and all that. was. It was a, a fresh take. There were a lot of new characters. So there was room to breathe there a little bit. And that's what I was hoping the Star Wars stories were going to be, exploring these points in time that we hadn't seen before or maybe we had heard about but hadn't fully seen realized so that they would have the freedom to tell these exciting adventure stories without being so tied into the familiar. And now it looks like if they're going to be doing that with these shows, well, great, because that's what they should have been doing with the star Wars stories from the beginning. And unfortunately they couldn't see it through in the movies, but at least we get them now with the streaming service. So, yeah. So that's what I'm most excited about. The freedom to roam.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and I think, and that's always been my, my argument against the whole Obi-Wan thing is that like, while yes, you know, you're dealing with a character that everyone loves and adores. Don't.
0: (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) not We already talked about this, how you could accomplish both things, though, with an Obi-Wan movie. You could still have the familiar character, but put him in a different time period that's unfamiliar and still do new things with it. It's the best of both worlds. I want
2: to hear between three and four, period. Thank you. And I want to hear the movie that... Luke says to Vader in Return uh, of the Jedi, Obi Wan once thought the way you did. When, where, when did that happen? Let's see it. Fine. And and
1: give, and give me a quick little cartoon of that and I'm I'm okay with that. I don't
2: I just don't understand your apprehension. You liked you and McGregor. I know you are not no, crazy. I do.
1: I do. I do. I it's just that there's no there's no meat. There's no steaks. There's nothing there's nothing happening there. How do
2: you know? How they could know? give you meat though. They could make it's, meat Yes, thank you, Chris. Yeah.
1: Stop spending stop spending money on things that we already are familiar with and give us the new because that's that's where I think the future the, of this franchise lives. I I,
2: I agree. I'm not saying let's do 20 prequels and everything, but let's do the Obi-Wan story. Did you like Rogue One? I loved Rogue One, but Rogue, Rogue One But
1: Rogue God. One, the only thing that anchored that movie from a fan service perspective. I mean, there were bits and bits and uh pieces of it, but it was Vader, and that was oh, great. But, but
2: that's but... not but that's not accurate, my brother. It makes everything about a new hope <gasps> different. Everything about how everything unfolded. And how they got to where they were. Even but that's e- all
1: new stuff. That there was no Like the main characters were all brand new. E-
2: even, even the goofy scene at the end of New Hope, how Luke finds this vulnerable spot in the Death Star, which is so absurd on its surface. But now Rogue One even made that work. And I think that you could do that with an Obi-Wan film. Yes. You could just make things make a little bit more sense and take a character – and let let an actor really bridge the trilogies and give him like I, I, I'll defend the prequels to my death, right? But Ewan McGregor still deserves to be in a truly character driven film that is I don't want to say by a real director, because Lucas is amazing, but directing is not his forte. Really, mm-hmm. writing is not his forte. Producing and story ideas and imagination is his forte. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? He's at his best when he lets other people write the screenplay and direct, and do right. what he does. And so, I would just like to—I would, you know—I would like to see that. Mm. That's just me. But you know, we've we've done a whole yeah. podcast on yes, this. Yes, we have. I won't beat a dead horse, but
1: <laughs> sticking to it. It's
2: but I—I still—I I still like the prequels a lot, though.
1: That—that's nice. That's good. I mean, I I appreciate them uh, more. You know, it's funny because when we were talking about trailers, about good, good and great, amazing Star Wars trailers, the first one that popped into my mind was Revenge of the Sith.
2: That's not just a great trailer. That's a freaking great Star Wars movie, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, it's
2: it's there. It's it's
1: there. I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, it's not like a, it's not like my my top three, but um but in terms of trailers I mean it's it's funny because they're I, I listen you know I listen to just this' is gonna I'm gonna geek out real quick but I listen to like Star Wars soundtrack like every day um or bits and pieces of it there and it was just there are certain parts of that that were um that stand out to me from the uh from that trailer and it's like the sort of march down to the jedi temple and uh that turn (laughs) that hayden christensen turn when he looks over his shoulder and he's gone full-blown sith that's awesome this is awesome
2: hey it's worth note it's worth noting that episode nine is our last john williams film yes yes i mean those you know all uh, his his score will be incorporated in all future films, elements of it anyway, but um the original music he's done man
1: yeah, yeah. that is crazy it that yeah. is just yeah,
2: I think rogue one was missing him a little bit
1: uh, I a hundred percent agree with with and, you. I, and, and I, I love rogue one i have um and this is total side tangent and we should wrap rap soon but um i think my, when i first heard it m- michael uh, Giacchino, um i wasn't in love with it at all i actually thought it was some it, i think it hurt the film in some in some places but i've as time has gone on i've kind of grown to appreciate it a little more specifically his um his track hope um because it has It has the uh, Imperial March in it in a very um, uh, unique way. It's slowed down dramatically and um, you you should totally listen to it because it's got the beats like the dun, 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 like but in a very different way. I can't even describe it. I just say go listen to it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's probably the only thing where I'd be like, yeah, that's – that was a really interesting way of kind of bringing that to life but i agree that the john williams score felt so absent and his his understanding of the universe um and the way he he creates themes for you know certain characters uh was was sorely missed in that film
0: yeah, And that's something to be said, too, because the familiarity with the French is because Michael Giacchino, it's funny, his score for War for the Planet of the Apes was one of my favorite scores. Like, I thought that was the best score of that year mm-hmm. that it came out. I thought this, that score was absolutely amazing. And I'm not someone who usually like you're much even though I'm a huge music guy, like you, when it comes to movie music, that's more your wheelhouse. Like you're mm-hmm. you focus on that a lot more than I do. Um, so for something like that to jump out at me. Um, you know, in, in a movie that's not like a superhero or a sci-fi movie where like you have this overwhelmingly big score where the pieces are obvious. Um, but yeah, in Rogue One, I don't, what you just did right now that, that was the, and I love Rogue One, but that was the, that's the only thing now I remember about the score for that movie was the little piece that you just hummed. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. It's not. Really right, because yeah, it, it's it's that that whole scene where Vader is mowing down people, and it's the yeah. Imperial March just in a really cool way. And you know there it, there's some cool stuff that he he does. You know, in terms of the way he composed the music, that I I think um, mirrored some of John Williams' work. It just it just wasn't it. You know, what I mean you you sure. could tell right off the bat that it just w- was was missing. It's like when you hear you know the the star wars theme in like uh in like clone wars or or rebels or something like that you totally know that that's not you know it's not the 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 actual composer kind of doing it or, or even the harry potter stuff it's another great example of that it's like john williams has a very very unique style and um his ability to kind of like i said kind of stitch um the characters to the music that he's writing is, is unparalleled. It's amazing. It's magical. And, um, when he's not a part of a film that he's touched before it, you can, you can a hundred percent tell. So, so anyways. you're
0: saying John Williams is a good composer. Is that what you're saying?
1: He's a God man. <laughs> and I, I swear, I know he's up there. He's getting, you know, I think he's like in his eighties. Um, you know, dude, people God bless him. You know, but I know he's not going to be around forever. And uh, when he when he does, you know, fade fade out into the sunset, man, this this dude's going to be leaving some serious holes because he's he's great, he's great. Anyways, okay, so anything else before we close the garage on Star Wars?
2: I love Star Wars. Hey, by the way, I saw the masses of mass of fans at celebration and there was like 22 million downloads just on YouTube alone watching the new trailer i thought star wars was dead it's so disappointing yeah, so that right? it's not yeah right
0: didn't we hear that i remember that it's <laughs> funny how that
2: happened. i thought star wars was dead
1: yeah yeah uh, all those all of those fans that were like i'm done with star wars after the last jedi i'm so disappointed yeah i bet y'all yeah. dribbling at the mouth yeah, well, hey, I,
2: know, I, I know legit fans, legit people that had just their legit reasons for not liking The Last Jedi, and that, by the way, is legit. Yes. But Jesus, the frickin' overwrought—like, some, some of the stuff about The Last Jedi, I'm like, I just look at the—I look or hear whatever medium I'm using, they complain, so I'm like, are we—you're talking about Star Wars, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, know the, you know what I mean? Like, these criticisms sometimes I'm going— this is not a flawless franchise of, yeah. of, of of writing and acting and and plot holes and like really it yeah. just blows my mind. Ewoks, now again I have I mean, yeah. You know. But I think <laughs> but, but but I but I do think uh, let, let's take let's say there's 100 people that hate the last that I I think 30 40 of those are just Fans that have just truly artistic differences and didn't like the way Luke was handled. The, the rest of them, I, I won't get into and get in their heads on this show, but to, to heck with them. But I, I hope that the just the legit fans that just had their own legit issues with with the movie, I hope that this film unites us because the prequels were divisive. And if anyone that's listening to this, a grip of with the prequels or whatever, and I'll defend them. I like them. And, and, and a lot of ways I love them. But come on, guys, they were def- they were divisive. people from my generation that grew up with the original trilogy, most of them that I know, just anecdotally speaking, hate the prequels. They hate them. And so the last Jedi hate is nothing new. It's just now we have Twitter, right? Yeah, exactly. But, but, right, right. I mean, people were handwriting letters to George Lucas telling them that they ruined his childhood in 1999. Mm -hmm. But I do hope, with all that said, I do hope to take – all the rational Star Wars fans out there that i hope i hope that that the rise of skywalker unites the the fandom i think that would it would be cool i'd like to see that yeah That's i mean it should too.
1: i mean this is a, essentially like the last sort of temple star wars film we're going to get for a while
2: so
1: yeah. you know let's, enjoy, let's, let's enjoy, it. enjoy it you know better or worse and whatever. i think it
0: will because i think i mean like you i have some friends who are hardcore star Wars fans that didn't like the last Jedi for legit reasons. Uh, and they will be the first people in line for the rise of Skywalker. So after uh, me, it, it, well, yeah, <laughs> they, uh, exactly. They, um, yeah. So there's more of those people, I think, than there are the people that were just sort of, like you said, irrational about why they didn't like it. And that's why star Wars isn't dead. <laughs> And uh, why it's not going to die, and, and just because they, you know, Solo was used as the example for, oh, look, see, mm-hmm. look at what happened to Solo because that's because nobody liked The Last Jedi. That's again another one of those mm-hmm. really poor narratives that somehow catch steam and and just were never really. You're missing the point. If that's
2: I mean, you you're yeah, missing the point, out. yeah, exactly. They, they would have to be anyway. I don't get into that. So,
1: yeah. so I have to ask this question before before we do plugs and get out of here. I know I'm keeping this thing going. Uh, hot take. Who wins 2019, Avengers Endgame or Star Wars Rise of Skywalker? Rick, go.
2: Uh, I think Avengers will probably beat it. But all I care about is setting that aside is that people said that The Last Jedi was a failure because of the dip it had from The Force Awakens, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, it had about a 34, 35% dip because that was a $2 billion juggernaut, referring to the Force Awakens. If you look at the Attack of the Clones and Empire Strikes Back, which were the second chapters in their respective trilogies, it had roughly the same dip, around 31, 32%. So it's right on on target. The, The Revenge of the Sith and the Return of the Jedi, the third chapter, ticked up 15, 20%. And so what I would just like to see happen, I don't care if Avengers does $4 trillion. I just would really like to see The Rise of Skywalker do about 1.5, right? And that puts the whole trilogy from a box office standpoint exactly in line with the previous two trilogies. And that would be Harmonious AF.
0: Yeah. I uh, I also think Avengers is going to ultimately beat it, especially based on what we just saw with the pre-sales, the fact that we could barely get tickets to it. Um, but uh... – you know, again, and that I see was, that.
2: I see that Monday, by the way. Yeah, do you really? Game? Yeah, but anyway, it's just a side note. Nice. Well, I'll, okay. I'll I'll text you guys on that. But go ahead. Cool, Chris. Sorry about it.
0: I uh, no, so I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I I didn't get the whole like oh, last Jedi's is a fair because it look at how far it dropped off because again, when we talked about this a lot, like the Force Awakens was a cultural phenomenon. It was going to be really difficult. There was so many reasons for why that movie did what it did, and how it did it, um, having nothing to do with the quality of the movie and everything to do with time and anticipation. That the follow-up was never going to have those things, right? It was never. It wasn't going to be the first. It wasn't going to be as anticipated. So I, I thought that that drop was reasonable. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see this one, you know, tick up a little bit, and if not, even tick up a lot. Because then at least, you know, people, I want to get rid of the whole, like, Star Wars is dead thing. I'd love it in an ideal world, The Rise of Skywalker, to be this great movie that perfectly ties everything together, that doesn't mm-hmm. dismiss The Last Jedi and still makes a ton of money so we could finally get rid of the narrative that The Last Jedi destroyed Star Wars forever.
2: Right. It, right. it, did, it did not. And, right. And, yes, I agree. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Yep. What read, about you? Aaron? Uh, Where are you on it? Yeah, I mean, Avengers. I've, I said it. I said it probably a while ago, um, like in January. Um, this, despite my excitement for uh, Rise of Skywalker, I know that Avengers is just going to blot out the sun. Um, but that that said, I mean, I, I share your sentiments that that um, I want nothing but the utmost success for the film, and um, and I do want it to just kill that. St- stupid narrative about the last Jedi killing yeah. star Wars. Cause it's absolutely not true. And but, either
0: way, Disney, um, is,
1: right. Yeah. And I mean, the other part of all of that is I'm excited to see what, uh, what Disney plus has for us after, you know, they have this full library of star Wars films that they can hopefully present to us in their streaming service. I mean, damn, but that's, that's a topic for a different, a different, uh, podcast. So, Rick, thanks again so much for for joining us. It is always a pleasure to have you on. Please plug. Tell us where we can find you. Uh, Twitter handle, all of that good stuff, and uh, we'll carry on.
2: Yeah, so thank you very much, guys. It's I mean, Again, it's awesome, and I'd I, I like more crossover stuff with you guys doing stuff with me on BOF. And, and uh, shout out to Mario and Revenge of the Fans for bringing us together. Um, and me meeting you guys, you know, of all the great things that uh, it's all the wonderful things that has happened, meeting Mario and being introduced to his talent, hooking up with you guys is on top of that list. Okay. Yeah, yeah, man, it's the truth. All right. Follow me on Twitter at shoe Rick S H E W R I C K. If you are in the Dallas Fort Worth area on Saturday, May 4th, there is a screening of Batman 89 for the 30th anniversary of that film. And uh, I said that right. It's, 30th, right? 1989. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 30th anniversary yes. of that film. And uh, there is a 4 p.m. screening at the Cinemark West Plano at 4 p.m. and at uh, the Tollway and Parker. And it's 20 miles south of downtown Dallas. And we are meeting there at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, Dallas time, for a pre party. And then we're going to watch the show. Also, please go to Batman on Film to look at watch parties for that event that are in north carolina and um guys check it out there's pete vera is doing one in in the new york area i don't know if he's in jersey or in manhattan but just take a look at that you guys might want to hook up with with him there so it will be a really cool event and then let me just say on a complete personal note uh that today i closed and signed a lease on a new bar that i've been working on for damn near two years Oh, wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. So I I just wanted to say I've I've been in the restaurant bar business for that's what I do professionally. And uh, I've been trying to get this new bar deal to happen because it's 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 a tough business. You got to get the right real estate, the right property, the right square footage, the right, you know, everything. Does it have the right patio, you know, demographics and uh, fought for a spot with my partners and we closed Today, literally, signed the lease. So I just, I had to just say that because it's just a big part of my day. Very cool, man. Yeah, very cool. I,
1: I know we, in our previous conversations, you've kind of talked through, uh, you know, the, the the challenges you faced. So, so I know this one means means a lot to you. So congratulations, man. Yeah, awesome. I,
2: I think on the sh- at least on two of the shows I've been on with you guys, I've mentioned the process, and that's why I felt it was at least somewhat appropriate to like just. Yeah. It's cathartic too, like uh yeah, anyway, it's great, so cool, thanks for having me guys
1: yeah, always a pleasure,
0: thanks All for right having me. Chris, thanks for being on and let's uh, of course, you can find us on Twitter at the fanboy garage, you can find me at real c
1: Mighty, and you can find me at starting sith on Twitter, and you can always follow the show uh on Instagram uh at the fanboy garage, which Again, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to get that back up and going. I think we say Again. that every episode. I know. I know. I got to do it. Yeah. It's going to happen. Believe me. Um, and uh, always be sure to tune into the fanboygarage.com where you can check out our merch, listen to previous episodes, ask questions, um, and just have a jolly good time. All right. All right. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Take care.